All right, I'll go ahead and call the call the meeting to order. Um, uh, Sidra, how are you? Hi. Just uh, just calling the meeting to order right now. We have we have five items on the agenda tonight. Um, first is public comment. Second is approval of uh, one set of minutes. Third is the discussion on the uh, warrant articles that remain outstanding, um, which is articles one through four as well as Article 8. Uh, fourth is committee updates, and fifth is old and new business. Um, so we'll start with public comments and seeing no attendees in the, uh, it's called the parking lot or whatever, um, the attendees lot. Um, we'll go on to the second item, which is approval of minutes. Um, so I did circulate minutes from, just see the date of the meeting. The 22nd, the meeting on the 22nd of November, I believe. Send comments, did I see? Um, I sent you comments. Okay. Do you want to summarize them for the uh, committee? Uh, yeah. Um, it was just outlining what I pointed out, the amount of money that had been allocated. I can actually. Um, Around the Windsor Windsor Park thing. Yeah. Oh, and I added um, Marzi Galaska to, oh, great. I added Marzi Galaska to the attendance. And it was, God damn it. Um, I will tell you in just one second. Maybe I won't tell you in one second. Um, it was just outlining what I had pointed out that uh, that there was that the votes there was money voted on 40,000, 40,000 and 40,000 and that I thought that there was an additional and Amy Sorrow pointed out that there was an additional 23,000. Okay, so it's basically giving more transparency and clarity to that piece of the discussion. That's what it all, it was a very long discussion and there was, uh, the minutes did not reflect the discussion, so I just added, okay. I just summarized the discussion. Not in super detail, just in minor detail, really. Does anybody else have any other comments to the minutes at all? Comfortable making a motion? Anyone comfortable making a motion on, based on that, you know, subject to that amendment to clarify, to bring in Mary Ellen's points? Or would you prefer that we recirculate with Mary Ellen's points incorporated? Right? Anyone want to make a motion? <laughs> well, I would, I would make a, I would recommend you recirculate just so we're always in the habit, because I don't think it's a good idea to, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to vote on something without seeing it, and I, I'm the one who wrote it. If that's what people prefer, then we can catch up maybe Patrick in the next meeting with the, uh, I think there's maybe two other outstanding sets of minutes we got to catch back up on, uh, including, well, three, including tonight, I guess. <laughs> um, so we'll do that in our, whenever our next meeting is.
Okay. Uh, well, this is why I can't find the next item on the agenda is to move into discussion on the warrant articles. Again, specifically articles one through four and eight. I guess before we get to article one, I'd just like to verify with Amy and with Patrick. Is there is there any update on article two or is that is that article still relevant for this special town meeting or? Yes, so um, Peter is actually going to join at some point tonight to discuss article two and the select board's position on it. Okay. Um, so I don't wanna overstep him, but it is still in play. Okay, thank you. Is All there, right. okay. Tim, is there, uh, I mean, it says the select board's position, but is there an article? Like, I don't even, I don't know. We don't yeah. have any information whatsoever. Did they have information? Uh, so you're talking about article two, Marielle, we're talking about the article that says to see if we'll vote for the transfer of a sum of money of free cash to fund the design and construction of pedestrian safety infrastructure improvements. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mixed up my articles. I don't have any update on that. I was talking about the CBAs. I am okay. so sorry. It has been uh, a long okay. day. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. No problem. So I guess back on article two, I should have been clear. It's my fault. Um, on article two, which is the approval of free cash for the pedestrian safety infrastructure, last time there was no information on that. And so I, I should have just started with article one, but I just wanted to see if, uh, if there was any, it, 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 you know, if this is, if there's any insight as like, to whether this. Like there, it sounds like there isn't. So maybe we can go back to article one. Okay, but are, are we, what I, the reason I asked was whether this means, the fact that there isn't information means that we should be voting to indefinitely postpone at this point. Well, unless there's, I would say to vote to indefinitely postpone because, you know, I, I don't want to sit and talk. Personally, I don't want to sit and talk 10 minutes before a town meeting. All right. Getting tired of that. Okay. Well, let's get back to article one. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll at least wait till Peter and just see if there's something he has to say about it if he's coming anyway, yeah. I suppose. Okay. Article one is again the, um, the article that, uh, is sort of a mid-year shuffle, if you will. And I think people can correct me if I'm wrong. As I look back at the minutes and our notes, I think the um, only outstanding issue is the Windsor Park question. Well, I do have one question on police on the uh, on the police shift of uh, money for overtime. I think I'm a little bit concerned about what that dollar was. And we just got the information tonight. So I, I didn't have a chance to look at it. So my, my question is, what uh, what is the police running at overtime right now? Is that is that part of Article 1? I wasn't aware of Under that. Article 1, it's the, the shift in money. Isn't there a shift for police? There's for money coming out of police salary lines to right. fund police expense lines. Not overtime. Is no is is but but what I'm saying is um, so here's my concern. At the end of the year, I think we're going to have additional expense in overtime because we're short four officers for quite some time. So I would think that they're spending 
more money on overtime right now and that will have well that will continue for a little while until they're able to staff up so the question is how uh is there a shortage now like how is overtime running right now so since civil service just passed they had to staff at those levels and now they don't um we also have some shifting within the police org for those vacancy lines to cover some overtime and we have spoken with interim chief Kurz, who assures us that we will not be going over budget on those salary lines. And how long is he gonna be the chief for? Um, it's anticipated through the end of February. That's what we have in this shuffle in article one. Right. Because um, the search is already they're already getting gearing up for the search for the new chief. So it's anticipated they'd be in for March 1st. And on the line item for the police, can you just tell me where where we are with on that line item? Which one? Uh, the total at the bottom, whatever the total is. Like right now, year to date? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I misunderstood your question. Sorry, I'm trying to pull this up and it doesn't like to run Munis and Zoom. Mariana, are you just looking for the year-to-date overtime percent of budget? I'm just looking at the bottom, the bottom line number. I just want to make sure we have enough money in that under that line under the police line item so that if it goes to run run over yeah right now we have over a million dollars in the total salary line but no no but how is it percentage so it's it's under budget right now yes it's at 47.5 percent i think we're 42 percent of the way through the year so it's it's, it's, so it's fine. Over? yeah it's over all right so if we're already so amy so if we're already over budget and then we're going to move money out of it we're, we're not going to follow that same trend. That 47.5% is because we had to adhere to the minimum manning, but that legislature already passed, so we don't have to staff at those levels anymore. Huh. So, um, Bill, do you have a comment? I was just going to say, I mean, I appreciate Mary Ellen's concern, but I also um, have the utmost confidence in Amy. And I, so, I mean, uh, I, I would I, I would move to approve this shuffle. Actually, I think a motion to approve the shuffle. That item or the whole thing? The whole thing. Uh, we haven't like talked about the rest of it. I thought we talked about it at a prior meeting, everything but Windsor. I've talked to everything about it at the prior meeting. We've discussed it. That's what I'm saying, Windsor. 
maybe have, um, if we could, I think Windsor is really the only other outs uh, you know, outstanding clarification. I know Amy sent a memo before tonight's meeting. I'm just wondering, Amy, if you can give us the two minute, the two minute version on that memo or three minute. Right. Yes, so it was just, the memo was just to clarify um, the votes that have been passed on Windsor and um, where that breaks down, because I know Mary Ellen had brought up the two $40,000 articles, but one was just a placeholder for us to secure those park grant monies. So we do still have a need for that 31755 and that was confirmed with um, Tom McEnany from KP Law as well. I, I have a question because it's not clear to me and I, I do this all the time. What is the total project cost? And I don't have it right in front of me. I looked at it really quickly. Can you just tell us the total project cost? Yep, the entirety of the project is $141,055. 32,632 of it was design and that's already been spent. No, so the cost for the so. construction is 108. So. Wait, hold on, I can't hear you. Can can you mute yourself? Thank you. One second. <laughs> oh, I just made somebody's baby talking. Cry. No, it's Amy's. It's Amy. Amy's baby. Oh, Amy, Amy, it's your baby. It's Amy's baby. <laughs> she can't <laughs> mute herself. Can you mute yourself while you explain it to me? Well, I can't, I couldn't hear you. And I really would like to hear it because it's, it's confusing to me. I guess I, all right. Just sorry. Give us a, just give <laughs> all right. She was complaining that she didn't want dinner. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. So the total project cost is $141,055 of which 32,632 was design work. And that's already complete. The construction is 108,423, of which we only have 76,668 in funding. So the, the two questions I have is, we subtracted 40,000 out of free cash just recently. We have the 40,000 from 2019. So we, we didn't... We didn't subtract 40,000 from free cash. It, I read that in Patrick's report on his tax levy report. Patrick, I'm I, looking at your square. <laughs> Patrick, can you look at your report? In our PowerPoint. <clears throat> your PowerPoint, I mean, I read it. Is there, did I read it on your PowerPoint? I'm not sure where you read it. Um, While you're looking for that, can I just ask a different question? So mm -hmm. we authorized, so the total project cost is 141,000 and we authorized 40, 40 and 30, something like that? 40, 40 and 23. Okay, so we've authorized 103,000 and we were supposed to get 40,000 from the state. Isn't that your total project cost right there? We're getting 44, eight from the state. I know, but I'm just rounding. Why would we, if we've got this, if we spent 103,000 already, I don't know if we have, but why aren't we putting in for reimbursement based on that spending to get the 40,000 to come in? And then we've got 140,000. Why do we have to authorize more money at this point? I don't understand that. 
It's a requirement of the grant that you have to have the money authorized in order to we, secure it. But we did. So when you get the money back, what are you planning to do with the money from the state? You'll have an extra 40,000. The 40,000 will just go into general fund revenues and it will flow back to free cash. No, that's not that. That's not right. That's not how that should just be done. Every grant well, we've got. always been done wrong. It shouldn't be that when we apply for a grant. I mean, we're authorizing a hundred and if we authorize one hundred and forty thousand. Let me just finish my sentence. I can hardly hear you, Joe, because you're really muted in a way. But if we if we if we authorize one hundred and forty thousand dollars altogether, and we get back forty thousand, then we should only be, you know, we should why then the then we have excess authorization. It shouldn't be that basically you won't have, I mean, we basically you've got the town spending, now all of a sudden we've got free cash that we didn't really need to authorize. I mean, I don't know that that's being done right. I, I, I think, Tim, if you don't mind, I think what Cinder's saying is if it's a bond appropriation, we would have never bonded that money even though we've authorized it. Is all I think Cinder's saying. So she's just making sure that we didn't bond it since we didn't need it. And it just is unused authorization. And then we can undo that authorization at a future date. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm saying, I guess. That's, you said it better. <laughs> <laughs> we, but I, yeah, I, we did not bond like, this. <laughs> but we are authorizing bonds. So we, so I don't think the grant should go to free cash. It's not authorizing any bonds. Well, what kind of appropriation are we making? In Article oh, what, One, it's oh, just so what, oh, so this is the, the so the source is um, it's a shuffle. Yeah, this is just within the general. Oh, this is a shuffle. Okay, but yeah. we've, so we've authorized one hundred eight thousand. Is that right in bonds so far? No, we haven't bonded any of this. Forty. Okay, not saying bonded. We authorized yeah. that. that yes. three, the two authorizations, the thirty-two thousand. How did we authorize that? I just don't remember. Or I don't remember what the vote said. Was that bonds or was that free cash? It 40, was from tax revenue. Six. Okay. No, Sixty. No, no. It was. Well, I thought we were voting. I thought the vote was. I thought one. The, 40,000 was to be bonded, 23, the 23 design was to be bonded and the 40,000 was free cash. Last year's article was free cash. None of this is bonded. It's borrowing tax revenue, it says it right on the memo. Well, I don't mean bonded, I mean authorized as a bond. It's authorized as a bond. It's right here on the bond sheets. We it's here on the summary of capital expenditure. How have you been spending the money? Just out of curiosity, if you didn't borrow against the authorizations other than the free cash. They haven't spent any of the 76000 yet because they need the total amount to move forward. So the construction is supposed to begin in the spring, assuming that this additional amount gets approved in the shuffle. So when we spent 65,000, is that what we've spent so far? We can't request reimbursement of part of that 65,000? No, the project has to be complete. You can't request until it's complete. Right. Well, I guess I'm getting at what Peter Spellio is what you were saying. 
the money shouldn't, the grant money, we're, we're authorizing excess to get money reimbursed to us. Yes, so, you have to spend it to get it reimbursed. And we can't spend it without authorizing. You know, I have to tell you, I read that grant. I read that grant, Amy, and I didn't see that. Are you sure you saw that in the grant? It says the I've project- I've heard it several times, Mary Ellen. Okay. You what? I've heard Marcy say that several times. I, I understand, it's just, I- Where's Marcy? I just read it. I, I, I'm just talking about what I read. It said the grant had, it said, this is what you're approved. And once it's completed, then you can get the money, the 44.8, which is 56% of the bill, but not to exceed 44,800. Yep, which means that we have to pay to complete the project and then Correct. we can submit reimbursement. Correct. So therefore we have to appropriate for the entire amount. I recall Cinder uh, and Mary Ellen back when Pete Kane was the, um, was the, was now the development what was he, the town planner? Um, the first one of our big um, coastline protect, pr protection grants was like this. And I think we had to appropriate 125K to get it back. So this has been going on at least as long as I've been on the finance committee. <clears throat> so, Tim, do you mind if I ask a question? Amy, do you just remind me what's the, uh, I apologize, I said I got to it. Remind me what the total grant amount is. <clears throat> The total grant is 44,800. So is it safe to say that we're appropriating this $30,000, but it's, we're, not, we're not going to expend this money because there was a question at the select board about the fact that we are appropriating using general funds for capital projects. Mm -hmm. Right. Comfort of that, but if it's just an illusory, it's a shuffle without actually expending the money, then it's actually, we're not actually using the, the funds. And so therefore it doesn't actually affect our bottom line of our fiscal year 22 budget. Correct. And Amy, you're saying that the, the, the design itself cost how much? The total design was 32,632. So it was the 23,000 from the May 2020 town meeting and 9,632 from the grant. Have we submitted for reimbursement of any monies yet? I can double check with community development, but I believe they have to wait until the entire project's complete. I don't know I guess, if that they're allowed to submit for design and then construction separate. Well, in the grant letter, they, they, um, they put the 9,000 on the side because the 9,000 came out of their 2021 budget. And then the 35 comes out of the 2022 budget. And the letter said it, re it will reimburse once the project is complete. That's, that's all I read. So what happens when someone does a design? They, they do a design without getting paid or how, how does that work? No, they're paid and then we get reimbursed for it. I believe Marcy did that last year out of her contracted consulting line within the operating budget. So when the so when the project is complete, the money basically goes back into where it came from, which yes. otherwise the same money that's being transferred would fall to free cash. Yes. 
But and and was there anywhere where the project was only supposed to be one hundred eight thousand? Was that the original project cost? But now it's one hundred forty four thousand. I don't know. I just know that the one hundred eight is what is in the state contract for this project with the increases in. Um, but is the state thinking the total project cost is one hundred eight thousand, or are they thinking the total project cost is one hundred forty thousand? The grant does have 108,423 for the entire installation cost. Right. So why? How did we get up to 140,000 as the total project cost? Because that's including the design. You said the total installation cost, the construction. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm done. I'm good. Thank you. Was confusing though. <laughs> I apologize. I, I wanted the memo to clarify more. Yeah, it was uh, difficult following the multi-year worth of design and grant and you know um, reimbursement. So certainly, um, you know, appreciate the finance committee's diligence. Um, but you know, I just want to let you know that what Marzi sent over. It says that the, the design was just done in the summer. It wasn't done last year, it was just done. So I don't think she would have paid for anything, Amy. I think the design was, the design is 8-16-2021. Right, that's probably paid by now, right? That's four months ago. Mm -hmm. Right, so who paid it? Yeah, as soon as my munis starts kicking in again, I will pull that up for you. Any other questions or comments or thoughts on this? Only that I'm not going to volunteer to explain this article at town meeting. <laughs> <laughs> That's Eric. funny. Eric for article one. No. <laughs> for motion. Please. Make a motion to approve article one. I recommend favorable action on article one. Second. Uh, the second was from Joan, I think. Um, Jill, you're, yeah. That's a yes. Okay. Jill, I think you're talking, but we're not always hearing you, just so you know. Gail. Uh, Eric made the motion. Cinder. Aye. Matt. Aye. Mary Ellen. I'm going to abstain. I'm still not comfortable with all the numbers. So Joan? at this moment, I'm abstaining. Joan. Oh, you I made seconded. That. You seconded. Sorry. Seconded. And uh, I'm an aye as well. Um, Two, uh, we were just looking for any further clarification as to whether this was still happening. Last meeting, there was no uh, details on this. I don't know if either the select board or uh, Sean, if you have any further information on article two, which relates to the use of free cash for pedestrian, pedestrian safety infrastructure. I do. The board voted to indefinitely postpone this. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to just... Um, take this off of uh, the action items.
Uh, do I have a motion on Article 2? Hearing that. Uh, I'd make a motion to indefinitely postpone. Second. Jill. Gail. Aye. Eric. Aye. Aye. Joan. Aye. And I'm an aye as well. Uh, the um, approval for the transfer of free cash for collective bargaining agreements. Um, we know with certainty that there's the um, $28,000 that's been referenced in prior meetings uh, for the for two of the school related um, CBAs. Um, and and I think the board need... the board did meet tonight and voted a number uh, okay. that <clears throat> a number of sixty seven thousand five seventy six eighty eight and that would be for just town collective bargaining uh, contracts and um, you know I think the uh, Peter is here tonight he can talk a little bit about um, the rationale for. Uh, supporting those funds, they will. These these funds will be used for uh, just cost of living increases for the um, town unions, and uh, we're not making uh, really any um, contract changes. We're really um, looking to have a placeholder, but certainly we want to recognize the hard work of a number of town unions, um, and hoping that the finance committee will support that. Can you just articulate what unions they are? Uh, these funds would be for uh, the library, DPW, and um, our administrative assistant union. Yeah. So to, can you tell me to, the number one more time? I'm sorry, Peter. Just one more time. Can you state the number? Sure. It's 67,576.88. And and it's just for those three. Is that so? That's inclusive, or have you voted on the twenty? It's not okay on the twenty-eight k for the school. Okay. So, so Sean, Sean has notified us that he agreement uh, with the library union. He does not have agreement in hand on colas with the other two unions. We uh, elected still to appropriate funds consistent with Sean's last best offer to them, um, so that they wouldn't have to wait until. May town meeting of next year to get those colas in the event that they agree to Sean's uh, offer on the table for those colas for uh, admin and DPW. So for admin, it's only fiscal year 22. For DPW, it would be fiscal year 21 and 22. We demurred action on the funds requested by the school department of free cash. Um, and um, those amounts have actually been paid by the school department. The school department was seeking reimbursement for those amounts and the select board had a, a number of questions um, about that. And frankly, it's something that in light of the fact that they've been paid, it's something that we felt could be uh, demurred and revisited in May of next year if, if necessary, but we had some concerns and questions about it. So we did not vote to include those dollar amounts in our recommendation. Oh, wow. okay. So that if, uh, if we were to do the same and town meeting was to, uh, that does not include that 28K, then we either in May talk about free cash at that time or 
some other source. Is that? Yeah, it could be any number of conversations, but. Uh, <laughs> or no source. What's that? Or no source. Or no source, right. Right. Huh. Keeping in mind, I guess from FigCom that and and uh, this was mentioned in Martha's uh, email on that or memo on this topic, is that the and Peter just mentioned it is that this amount has already been paid. I guess the lack of a vote doesn't stop the money from flowing because it's already gone. So should they have not paid it? I mean. We, we assume that if they paid it, they made the determination that they had sufficient funds appropriated and unencumbered to be able to pay it without the need for additional appropriation because otherwise they couldn't have paid it. Um, is there any reason to leave this? Are you still negotiating with um, the library and DPW? Is there any reason to leave this open until Monday? Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't leave it open. I think it's time to close the warrant and make recommendations. Um, I, you know, it's not uncommon for deals to be uh, brought right up until the uh, time of town meeting, but ultimately it's, you know, my recommendation that, that we finalize this tonight. And, you know, if there's new information, I will be sure to share it with the Black board and finance committee. Comments from the finance committee or questions? You know, it is, I have a comment. It is discouraging that it takes, it, it's discouraging that it takes a long time to negotiate a contract with DPW. I think, you know, I, I don't understand municipal contracts, but it, you know, it, it is a little concerning to me. Let, let, let me share a little color because um, I think in fairness to the town administration finance team to, to make you aware, Sean did present to the select board um, um, a tentative structure um, several weeks back. And while the select board didn't take a vote uh, in executive session, it gave feedback to Sean to let uh, Sean know that the select board was not um, comfortable with the overall structure of the contract and ask Sean to revisit the discussions. So the, the town financial team has worked really hard um, and in good faith and presented uh, something to the select board um, much beyond just a COLA um, on a multi-year agreement for frankly a multi-year agreement for all three of these unions that we're talking about here and the select board was not comfortable um, with the uh, cumulative a package for all three and uh, asked the town administrator to go back on a one to just uh, address colas to make sure people were getting their, their colas this year um, while he continued and they continued to work on details of a multi-year package that the select board could be comfortable with. So is there ever, Peter, is there ever a risk of um, when the town administrator negotiates a contract and then comes back and needs to get approval and then the select board uh, want to not approve it, not support it. Is there ever a risk of um, just bad feelings and and having issues down the road with that type of that type of a negotiation? I'm just wondering 
would it be better to have the meeting beforehand and see what the barrier, what the, what the rem, what the guidelines would be, and then to go and negotiate from that point? Well, I mean, I guess is there a risk of bad feelings? Well, I guess yes. Um, I don't know how to answer that. Well, meaning, 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 bad feelings and people quitting, and then labor costing even higher, having to hire more people. You know, people that haven't been with the town. I'm talking about a, the financial impact. Yeah. So, so the answer is sure. I guess there's the potential for that. The town administrator goes into a negotiation not with a preordained set of things that we blessed because we want him to have license to be able to see where the dialogue takes him um, or her, as the case may be. And, and on occasion, it comes back that we weren't comfortable um, with it. And this is one of those times, I think, given, um, frankly, some of the elements of it, the select board unanimously um, lacked comfort to be able to endorse a, a multi-year dealer. So it's, it's not done lightly. And it hasn't, frankly, been done uh, previously in, in my tenure here. but. Um, I think there's some good ideas that just need more time to get to be ideas that we feel as though we could sign on to as a contract. I also, I just want to add every one of the negotiations I go into, I, I tell my colleagues on the other side of the table that the hardest negotiations I will have to have uh, won't be with them. It will be with uh, a select board or a finance committee, or ultimately a town meeting that actually has to fund these contracts. Many of these contracts are some of the biggest cost items that we have in our budget. And, and while uh, I think the finance committee knows that we dial into the cost of these contracts in great detail, uh, change is very difficult. Um, in fact, almost impossible on a local level. And uh, we've contemplated significant change. And, um, I appreciate how difficult these times are. And I, I think, you know, uh, to um, take a pause and think carefully about where we are while uh, remunerating our employees with a, a co cost of living increase that is fair and recognizes their work is, is a prudent um, place for Swampska to be. We've, we've been, um, supported by these uh, men and women for the last um, <clears throat> many years. We've made some dramatic changes with the town's finances for the better. Uh, Swamps could stand strong um, because of the hard work of, of all of our employees. And I think it would be prudent for us to um, give them a COLA and circle back around and continue the work of structurally uh, addressing some of our long range cost um, uh, through strategic uh, contracts with our, our, our unions. Sean, that, that's, to, to, Sean, to Sean's point, that, that's why we still went ahead and recommended um, the additional funds for those two contracts that uh, are not yet finalized so that people went, if they did take the, the last and best relative to colas, they wouldn't have to wait until May to um, have the benefit of their colas. Everything else that was in the contract wasn't, um, it was more of the give to get side of the contract, if you will, and had to do with contract language changes and uh, potential compensation for those changes. Um, we, we agree that we didn't wanna delay the colas to the extent the unions ultimately accept them. So are we saying that not all of this money is sure to be spent, like just some of it is a placeholder, is that what you're saying? Correct. Only only the library is uh, is done. The other two are are 
based on the last and best offers that Sean has put forth. How do we word that? Do we word that as an up to amount or? Uh, not to exceed, you know. Not to, like a not to exceed. Can you guys hear me now? Yep. Yes, we can. Hang on. All right, I got it. Um, I would make a motion to approve this amount, 67576.88. Second. Second. Gail. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, who seconded? Cinder. Aye. Matt. Aye. Mary Ellen. Aye. Joan. Aye. And I'm an I as well. Um. Look forward to being part of the uh, conversations as we go forward around some of the, the requests that the school had, I suppose, and we can cover that when it's appropriate, I suppose, if it comes back to us or not. If, if and when it comes back to us. Um, Thank you, Tim. Article four is the um, next article, and that's uh, obviously the amount that um, relates to free cash for the tax levy. I did receive couple minutes before this meeting and I'm sure Sean and Peter can give us details that that the uh, select board voted on a different number than what uh, was in the presentation the other night. I, my understanding is that they voted for 1.25 million as opposed to 1.55 million. I just want to verify that with Peter and Sean. That's correct. Um, which would, would keep us, at least from my perspective, you know, it would keep us in the three to 5% range with respect to our free cash reserve position. Um, it's a little bit less than the 1.55, obviously, which um, I think many of us expressed comfort with the 1.55 at the joint meeting the other night. Um, so, but uh, there was a beginning of some conversation during that joint meeting about you know, wanting to at least start the conversation and process around reducing uh, dependency or reliance on the use of free cash for purposes of the tax levy. And so while the people are here that can actually speak to it, my guess is that that was the rationale for the 1.25, but please, Sean or Peter, any further uh, information from your recent vote would be uh, welcomed. Oh, and I'm happy to give you kind of the, the two cents. So the um, last year, 1.55 million was used to basically take the average single family tax bill increase down to zero. This year, 1.55 million would have still taken the average single family tax bill to just under $100 increase. And, I, and the reason I'm, I, that trend is important to let you know that every year, and I think you all know this, so I'm preaching to the choir here, every year that we appropriate free cash, we have to appropriate a greater amount of free cash if the levy otherwise is equal and our, and our new growth is otherwise equal, we've got to appropriate 
a greater amount of free cash just to again do what we did last year right and so it's a snowball effect for us and and given that the 1.55 would take us to the actual very bare bones to the 3% of our guideline um, we felt like staying uh, slightly above the bare bones of 3% and also just sending uh, you know a, a subtle message that isn't punitive by any means to the taxpayer but also makes clear that look at um, to, to the to town staff as they're preparing the budgets eight months in advance of, of the recap and, and whatnot and the use of free cash, just to understand that when they are assuming 2% tax levy increase, they should assume the taxpayers are going to have to pay that full amount, right? And not be comforted in the idea that we're going to somehow each year be able to subsidize that with free cash. Um, and, and secondly, a message to the taxpayers, which is, look, we've done a really good job collectively over the last five years of stabilizing the tax rate increases, excuse me, tax average and median family, single family tax bill increases. Um, but the reality is we, we did that um, on, the, on the back of taxpayers, right? And free cash is decreasing year over year in recent trends, thanks to the better budgeting by our town financial team. And we shouldn't all sit comfortable thinking that we're going to continue to have a plethora of free cash. We should assume it's going to continue to go down. We should expect it to continue to go down. And so therefore, uh, the thought process here is to, to further, you know, start setting a trend um, with the offset and start decreasing that amount as well to, to kind of set the expectation, both the staff and, and to the taxpayers and, and frankly, to all of us as well. So, so my, I have one comment, then I open it up to the floor. I guess that all, uh, all of that makes, I'm, I'm actually quite supportive of the concept and, and the, the message there. Um, the one piece that doesn't make full sense to me is the concern that free cash is gonna go down over the next, in the short term, in that we've had some conversation, you know, we, we budget conservatively around our new growth expectations and at least the, the sense from our recent conversations over the past year is that our new growth position is in the short term, at least short to midterm, fairly, fairly solid. But yeah, so, so Tim, I think on, on new growth, yes, with an asterisk, right? It's got to prove itself out and we've got to see it. So we, we know, for example, um, White Court is going to come on our rolls for fiscal year 23. They just filed um, their master deed. That's a significant increase for us. But, but beyond those projects, right, there are a lot of projects that are um, coming down the pike here. And, and frankly, I, I think and I appreciate this committee's focus on uh, maybe a planning summit or development summit. We, we are about to be inundated with a number of large multifamily project proposals in our town. And we're gonna to have to make some really hard decisions about what we wanna support, not support, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you're right in the short run, but that is still unquantifiable to be honest with you. But really I think that decrease free cash is more byproduct of the fact that we are being uh, more um, accurate in our local receipts assumptions and our budgeting generally such that on other areas, right? On our revenue and expense size, we are, we are budgeting more, um, I don't wanna say honestly, cause it makes it feel like we've been dishonest, but more, more close to accurate. Um, and, and so therefore that's, I think the main driver and why free cash is, is decreasing, uh, but you're right about new growth again, but we're also as a community about to have to make some pretty hard choices as to how we wanna deal with what I think is frankly an onslaught of projects um, that we're gonna have to figure out. I don't understand how the onslaught of projects is going to affect uh, our free cash standing. Are we gonna have to spend free cash with these onslaught of projects? 
No, but we may, as a policy decision and as a planning decision, make, make, make some decisions as a town that we are going to disincentivize certain types of development in our town, so therefore um, decrease um, future growth in our town because we think the planning right now doesn't uh, protect communities or protect neighborhoods enough. Comments or questions from the income? I'll just comment that at some point in the last two weeks, I heard that there was a thought about 2 million and then there was a thought about a million five. And I, and I thought we all agreed about a million five. I listened to Polly at, at the board of selectmen meeting talking about maybe we should start weaning off it sooner than later. And I guess I'm not convinced that we need to wean off it sooner than later. I mean, I feel like there's an extra million and a half in there right now, give it back to the taxpayer. And if there's not that money next year, then don't give it back to the taxpayer next year. I mean, I don't know why we, wouldn't give it back. Maybe Peter, you can answer this. Why would we not give it back now? Why are we saving it for the future when there's lots of different kinds of ways to deal with everything we have to deal with in the future? Look at what capacity has been built by the town to yeah. your credit. Yeah, so Cindy, you're, look at you, you, you could be absolutely right, right? This is obviously not uh, something where there's a clear right or wrong here. I will tell you, I think that the analogous situation for us is water and sewer rates and the water and sewer budget is the analogous situation that we draw from, which is for, for a long time, we've held ourselves out with a point of pride about how low our water and sewer rates have been. But the truth is they're low because we were artificially keeping them low because we weren't investing in doing the things that we should have been doing. And so now we're sitting in a situation where we are fighting off double digit increases, percent increases in water and sewer rates to now make up for all the lack of investment we did. And that just, I think we're trying to just be a couple steps ahead, think ahead, Yes, we're maybe being conservative here, but not being punitive conservative because uh, the delta between 1.25 and 1.55 is not a, a significant amount of money by any means to the average taxpayer. Um, but it's also, I think, lessons learned through the water and sewer because that's something that that, that is just coming home to, you know, roost with us here. We, we really have some problems coming up on water and sewer because for so long we didn't increase our rates and now we're having to figure out how not to punitively increase rates on the, on the rate payer, but at the same time, we've got to just deal with some inevitabilities there. So, so that's just an analogous situation that we're thinking about as we're doing this. But again, there's, there's, there's no clear right or wrong on that. Your, your point's as valid as, as the one I'm making. Well, I just would like to- Could I just jump in here? Uh, I feel like we're, we're talking around something where we're actually saying the same thing. Um, we're not, when we're, when we're turning money to the taxpayer, it's because we, under budgeted, right? I mean, we generated more revenue and we spent less. And so we wound up with more money. So like we can, we can put more money into the capital budget and spend a little bit more on debt service. And then the budget isn't quite as low and then we don't generate as much as free cash. And then, but the tax rate has gone up. It, it, it's really all, the money's all fungible. So I agree with Cinder, like if, if we're, not budgeting properly, and we have a lot of extra free cash, I think it should go back to the taxpayer. But I would, all things considered, rather be closer to budget and not generate all those extra dollars. That would be more honest. It would be more transparent, and it would be more predictable. But Thank it's, you know, all uh, the same, it's all the same bucket. Look, I, I, it, it's, it's been an extraordinary journey over the last five years to take a town that 
really has historically taxed at your two and a half levy, uh, you know, maximum to a town that really can think strategically about where and how it sets its tax levy. And I think that's the uh, real success. And it really is a, um, a partnership between the finance committee and the select board and, and town staff that have worked hard to really focus in on, on how do we control um, the financial impacts to the town. I think the select board tonight met and increased their recommendation from a million to 1.25 um, to really hear a sensitivity about using the town's uh, financial um, resources or stabilization funds to, to really you know find that balance. I, I think we're trying to be prudent um, to really think about these long-term costs the short-term, long-term costs are pretty um, concerning. And having more liquidity, having more financial, um, you know, uh, flexibility is um, a, a strength for Swampskip. We know that our rating agencies want to see us have healthy levels of free cash and liquidity and uh, stabilization funds. We're, we're assuming uh, uh, significant debt service in a couple of years for new school. We've talked about the strategic use of stabilization. And I, I think we've got to temper our uh, use of free cash with, with prudence. I think the board, uh, select board has uh, had those conversations. I, I would hope the finance committee uh, in many ways continues to seek alignment. Uh, doesn't mean you always have to agree, but find some common ground uh, that would help us share these responsibilities to lead Swamps get forward. And one so of the things relative to our capacity right now, I think our unused levy capacity increased to $6 million. If I, I think I saw a number like $6 million. That's viewed by the rating agencies as a resource, especially in Swamps Cup, where we're, we've shown in the past willingness to spend it. I mean, I think I mean, I don't think this is a hard time for a lot of people, not just the people with the average single family tax bill, the people with the unaverage single family tax bill are going to bear the brunt of what's going on. And I think that matters to them, too. Uh, you know, they arguably contributed more to what's excess. And now they're that they're you know, they'd like to see it back if it's not needed. I think when we temper when we temper our use of free cash, we should temper our expenditures we should temper our spending we should temper our our uh, our thinking on what all we need and how soon we need it i hear what you're saying about water we've, and we've done it probably better than any other city in town in the commonwealth um we've, we've managed our budget as carefully i think we've as... done a great job but we've got a lot of resources right now that are set aside and i'm not suggesting we raid them i'm suggesting that when you have a four and a half million dollar free cash number and this and the stabilization funds are ample and unused levy capacity is like it is. The unused levy capacity counts as a reserve, even though we know we don't want to necessarily dip into it much. But I'm just suggesting, I mean, how two weeks ago was, was the number out there to spend to use 2 million of free cash, and now it's down to well, let, million, So let me, let me explain two. that. Let me, let me jump in on that just quickly, because there was a presentation that had the scenario 2 million um, I, I guess what happened, uh, and I wasn't. What happened? I understand with the select board after we left the joint meeting was more discussion around a million, and then the one point five five. So while the two million was out there, I, I don't know that well, was that, that was like on the table necessarily. 
Yeah, well, we looked I, at I was never we're thinking two arranged. million, but I but yeah. the but with the free cash is the same this year as it was last year. And no, last year we correct. used what four and a half million. Four point seven last year. We're estimating free cash at four point one this year. I thought we said we were estimating on the presentation I saw. I thought we were estimating free cash at about four million five. No. Just want to say I agree. I agree with Cinder and Jill at one at the one five five, and I think it keeps us within our policies. And I think money needs to go back to the taxpayer. And I, I do respect. I do respect what the selectmen are saying. I just it's a lot of money that's going to be coming into the town for infrastructure and different things. And I I I think we're okay. It's my opinion we're okay to give back a little bit more. I could see rounding it down to a million and a half. <laughs> Cinder, just, so, just, just to close the loop though, Cinder, the number that you saw in the presentation was 4.15. Oh, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would support the 1.5 or 1.55 million. I, I, I obviously tend to like uh, like trying to find alignment on this, but I have to. I, I do feel that you said at the last meeting. Um, I mean, the fact that our reserves are so ample right now is comforting, <laughs> and uh, and if that was, I would be having more angst about one point five five. But I don't. I don't have that. I don't have as much angst in that area. Jill, you were going to comment. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I they are ample, but we also just committed to use them extensively to pay for the school. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm totally comfortable with the 1.25. I mean, I, I probably would have voted for 1.5, but I, I think when whoever, whichever one of you said that puts us right, Peter, I guess it was you, puts us right at the 3%, and we are going to be rating that stabilization fund fairly, um, fairly regularly for the next however many years to pay you know, to keep the tax bill manageable for the school building, I'm fine with being a little more prudent. And I guess in that regard, it, it, that that those numbers also assume that we will use free cash on a fairly consistent basis to continue to fund the stabilization fund to over the decade. Make sure that those are all excess excess reserves that we're using. That's that's extraordinary because again, you can look around far and wide and and not see a similar financial strategic plan in, in communities that are facing the same type of pressures as Swampscape. Like we, we do have, you know, short and long-term, you know, strategies to manage um, carefully the town's uh, finances. But it makes, you know, you have to make tough decisions. Some of those tough decisions aren't just deciding, you know, um, how to put a budget together or how much, it's, it's how much of your reserves do you hold on to you know how do you balance that you know and and try to carefully um you know keep your your financial footing because there will be unknowns um there'll be other costs there'll be other things that will pop up and and having that flexibility will be valuable and the thoughts matter eric or joan any any thoughts on the on those two different numbers 
what would, I was okay three, with what would the three hundred thousand then be put towards on the yeah, one yeah, five or so two remain in free cash. And so we would have we would be at instead of there are some other um, anticipated uses for free cash later in the year. We have we, parks. We have all, yeah. all sorts of you know I could come up with uh, three million dollars worth of immediate needs that we could use, um, you know any of those funds for. Every, look at look at look at the condition of of parks that we haven't uh, touched in twenty years. Look at the you know we don't even have an ADA accessible bathroom at the biggest beach in town. I mean there's. There's a laundry list of capital needs that um, you know we've continued to build up larger and larger every year because we want to get ahead of these um, challenges. But again, you know we're trying to balance the impact to Swampscott's taxpayers because we too are concerned about that. And so there's you know we're trying to strike the right balance. Um, but that said, Don, how much are we getting in ARPA money? What are we getting in ARPA money and can any of that be used for any of the capital projects you're talking about that are high priority? Um, yes, and you know, uh, Amy, you probably have that number, but it's a little over $4 million uh, in- uh, 4.2 million and it wouldn't go to the ADA bathrooms. But <laughs> infrastructure- well, what, can it, what can it go for? Can any of it go to- So, so we, so we-, we Amy's created a, a working group where we're, we're starting to have those conversations, but the, the, the short answer, Cinda, is water and sewer projects. Well, that's um, good. It, it's where it's gonna be. So that's gonna fall on the enterprise side, not on the, the general government side of things. But, but I'm just saying we're about, to, we're about to free up what we otherwise would be wanting to appropriate with all the ARPA monies. I mean, and what we might've wanted to appropriate from free cash. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, a million and I mean, I don't want to fall on the sword here, but a million and a half versus a million two fifty. But I think a million and a half is fair to the taxpayer, and I think they'd really appreciate it. And I think the town should. I, the town's done a great job controlling ex, the tax bill, but I think that you know it's some it's 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 not an un, it's no more unfair than asking for a million two fifty. It's the same difference. It's really the same difference from my perspective. The finance committee caves to million two fifty. Or the board of selectmen caves to the million five. It's like same difference. I mean, we had left the meeting the other night thinking a million five. Right. And all of a sudden now we're at a million two fifty, which changed before we get to the meeting tonight. I don't know. What's the dollar change for the average household between three hundred thousand dollars? It's about a hundred dollars more at one point five five year over year, what would it be at the one two five on average per household? Um, so <clears throat> it's not that the, it's a deal breaker. It's that's I don't even think that's the point. I actually but, think the point I think is that, that we got it. The town's done a great job. I mean the narrative of holding taxes down is, was powerful. I mean I feel like it's maybe too premature to walk away from that. That's where keeping it at 1.55 another year I think is continues uh, the diligence of the you know the finances of the town. And on the upside, the select board for the next year can talk about how the finance committee is more liberal in the spending of money than the select board is. So it, it works for us too. <laughs> oh, I love when I love when giving back money is spending. 
I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, just like tax and spend finance committee. You guys just want to like, just whatever, just joking, go. It's good. Order, order. Um, the difference between um, 1.5 million and or 1.25 million really is on a median um, single family tax bill is, um, you know, less than 50. It's, it's about uh, $50, $50. Um, for um, 1.5 million, it's a $53 increase in the average single family tax bill. And 1.25, it's a $94 increase. So, you know, um, it's not insignificant, but, you know, it, it matters in terms of, you know, the town's overall financial position. You know, water and sewer has gone up. You have to pay more money if you want to throw out more than just the can of garbage. I, I still think one, one five five one five is the way to go. Again, I'm, I'm just if you could repeat it: fifty three dollar increase at one point five five and ninety four dollar increase at one point two five. That's what I heard on the median. I think he's at 1.5 million, not 1.55, right, Sean? I think you meant 1.55, though. Oh, okay. Yep. Sorry about that. So you said, Peter, 50 Peter what's going to happen if we disagree with you? What happens next? Nothing. We're going to, not, not, nothing. We're, we're going to use this as an opportunity to spend three minutes more on this Warren article at town meeting to Great. just start narrating to town meeting kind of just the realities going forward and just things that we're, we're collectively going to be working on. We'll just use it as an education opportunity. You're not, you're not going to hear the select board um, disagree um, vociferously. I think we're just going to use it as an opportunity to, to spend more time communicating and, and, you know, beating the drum regardless. So if, you why know, you guys got Why doesn't somebody make a motion and see where we are? So I'll make a motion uh, for one five five. Second. <laughs> Jill, are you thinking? Or are you? Oh, were you yeah, asking Jill. me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was a second, so I was asking you. Uh, I'm a no. Cinder. No, I would start with a yes. Can't hear you. We can't hear you. That's why I didn't answer I you. Muted. I said I would. I would start. No, not, you, no, not you, Cinder. Not you, Cinder. Tim. No. Tim. No. No. So can't hear you. I think you're asking Matt. Matt, what's your vote? Yes. <laughs> I'm an I. Joan. He's yeah. hey, no. I'm a no. Supposed to go like this. <laughs> I don't like to do that. <laughs> I know, but it's confusing. Tim can't. Well, I guess it's just Mary Ellen because Gail seconded, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm a yes. Yeah, hey, Tim. Do we know what Gail is, Gail? What are you? Gail seconded. Does that so what, mean that she's automatically a yes? I'm a yes. If I seconded, yes. Oh. Now I'm a double yes. <laughs> okay. You guys hear me? Yes. Not Can you hear us? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. You were there for a split second, Tim. 
seven voting I, sorry, six voting I, two voting no, the ayes have it. How's that, Tim? Was that good? I tried Thanks, to make sure and everything. No <laughs> Thank you. And, and I, I, I just really would like to take this opportunity to say, ever since I've been on this committee, Linzo in particular, but really every chair, it's been really important to them to have you, unanimous votes. And I don't think that's necessary. I think it's good when we disagree on things. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. It's fine to have different opinions. It is, Jill. I, my job is to try to build consensus where I can get it. I don't always get it. That said, well, but, you know, but you're not, but we're not your committee. My point is that we're, we're responsible to town meeting. I and I think you, it's I good, it's I good for you. them to know that we have, that Agreed. we duke it out. I think it's good. Absolutely. And I like to duke it out when I have to, um, but I do, I do think that there should be an esprit de corps. And I do think, you know, we have that. the, the success like that Swampskit has had is literally uh, because you, uh, as a, uh, committee have worked so closely with your select board and your town staff like we have shared these responsibilities lock um stock and barrel i wasn't even i wasn't even talking about consensus between us and the board of selectmen i don't think that's i don't think lockstep in that is healthy either but even no. among our own committee we almost never disagree with each other and i even though we really do i don't think we end up voting that way and i think it would be better for us to be transparent about our differences that's all we don't need to talk about it anymore. Can you just tell me what Tim voted? Thumb up. Can you hear me now? You're yes. coming in and out. <laughs> to your back. <laughs> All right, Marianne, you want to take over this meeting? Oh, we can hear you now. <laughs> oh, you can. Okay. <laughs> I was starting to lose it. All right. So I think we're on to Article Eight at this point, which is um, the article related to the establishment of a solid waste enterprise fund. Last time we had a bit of discussion on this and some back and forth. And I think there was a there were some folks that were ready to vote and um, some of us who wanted some time to digest. So I don't know whether there's any debate or questions at this time, um, uh, but I open it up for any commentary now that we've had the time to digest a bit. Does anybody well, have I, any comments? On? I, I, I still don't see any reason to establish this fund at this time. I, I think that one, I think there's enough transparency that Munis offers. Number two, um, when people are paying for their overthrow bags and their overthrow um, decals, it is still my opinion they are paying too much money, but that's just my opinion. Um, I also think when that money comes in, that money should go directly towards that line item to pay for the how much this how much the costs are for tipping fees and extra. And if there's a need to have um, in, uh, different programs or whatever, that could be put right into the operate operation the operational budget and spent accordingly. I, I really am not comfortable with having just this enterprise fund. And um, I feel like there's a possibility of losing some control over it. Um, I just, I'm really not comfortable with it at this time, maybe in another year, but I'm just not. I also did a little research and there are communities getting away from enterprise, fu enterprise funds. I spoke to the head of DPW in Natick. I just happened to meet him and I, I was asking him how they did their, their trash. And he, 
And if they use an enterprise fund, he said, no, they get away from their enterprise fund. Um, he said, and most communities are getting away now. So I didn't have time to ask him why, but I just got more information about how they do trash. Hey. That's my opinion. Tim, do you mind if I say something? Sure, that's fine, Peter. So I wanna, I, I, this is, you know, again, um, I'm not gonna do as good a job as if Polly was here uh, making the argument, but frankly, this is this is kind of full circle for Polly on the vision in which she started when she really is the one that drove and really did a great job with the solid waste um, um, pricing mechanisms. And, and frankly, um, a couple of things. Um, the modeling that the whole um, solid waste policy was based on, which was a collaboration of town staff and DEP, um, the prediction of overthrow bags and tonnage reduction has been spot on, right? And so it is borne out um, since it has been implemented um, like uncanny well in terms of achieving what DEP and town staff uh, together um, predicted would happen. I think um, respectfully to, to Mary Ellen, I, I will actually tell you, I think the, the, the enterprise fund actually creates greater accountability and greater transparency. We, when we as a board passed the solid waste policy said that we weren't looking to um, use this as a profit center. We were using it to offset disproportionate increases in our solid waste line item. But we should expect that we are going to have increases year over year on par with other increases. We just needed to protect against what had been a pattern of disproportionately high, sometimes 2X high, if not more, increases in our solid waste line item. And so by creating the solid waste enterprise fund, we are actually putting the money into a very transparent place so people actually see the revenue that is being generated by these fees and very clearly being able to see how we are applying that revenue going forward. Meaning, are we applying it to offset disproportionate solid waste costs? Otherwise, you don't see it because in, in our general budget, when we pass it and we send it to town meeting, town meeting members will never be able to discern what's going on here. And in the enterprise fund, it's not gonna be a fund where we can just spend haphazardly. Town meeting is going to need to be involved with that as well. You are all gonna to need to be involved with it. We are all gonna to need to be involved with it. So, so I've actually come kind of around and it, it took me a little time and, and spending time with Polly and, and others to do this. But I, I think that together with you all, we'll set some parameters, uh, guidelines like we have for other purposes to be able to say, look it, we believe that that enterprise fund should be used and I'm making this up for conversation points to make sure that our solid waste line item doesn't go up by more than 3% per year. To the extent it goes up by more than 3%, then we first apply enterprise funds to get it below 3%. And then if there's something left over, we can look at other initiatives, other environmental initiatives, composting initiatives, things that will hopefully reduce our solid waste costs, but also maybe have some environmental benefit as well. But there is an opportunity for us to create those guidelines and work with town staff on that. But I really do believe the enterprise fund actually is going to create a lot more transparency and hold, frankly, our hand to the fire that we said this wasn't generating this this fee and the overthrow bags weren't to be a profit center um, at all. And I, and I think this goes a long way towards that. Thanks, Tim. I, I have a question for you. If, what's the what would what would be the timing? It would be July next July one. Is there a problem? Is next July one not possible if this comes to town meeting at its annual town meeting as opposed to this meeting? What we heard from uh, Amy last time was that uh, it would, at least for her, it would be a problem <laughs> because she'd have to uh, she'd have to budget assuming both scenarios versus budgeting assuming. Yeah. And what's that, the that, difference in the budget? What is the difference in the budget? I must have not been listening. Sorry. I would have to create an enterprise budget for solid waste. <laughs> 
on the assumption that it might pass an annual town meeting, as well as a budget similar to what you see presented now with solid waste in the general fund on the assumption that the vote says to keep it in the general fund. So I'd have to do two complete separate budgets, only one of which could be printed in the warrant. And we would have to what's make sure it, what's that- the, I apologize. Yeah, you probably did explain this. What's the big difference in what the amount of work that's involved in putting it? I mean, the revenues right now are like one-tenth of the expenditures. Is that right? Yes. So we're, all, all we need to do is, is I mean, the, the expenditures are going to stay the same, whether it's in the enterprise fund or not, aren't they? And then there's going to be a subsidy that would go in from the general fund into the enterprise fund? Correct. I don't understand to, the big difference of what you'd have to what you'd have to figure out. You'd have to project out the revenues for an enterprise fund. You'd also have to come up with any indirect costs and the expense analysis. And you'd have to come up with um, structurally well, what is it contained within the enterprise fund. But wouldn't you have to do that anyway? We've got estimated receipts that you'd have to do that with. We don't necessarily have indirect costs right now, but it'd be nice to know what, you, what you're thinking you're charging. I mean, I guess I'm wondering whether or not we can evaluate a little bit more of what's going on with the trash fund right now um, before setting up the enterprise fund. I guess that's, that's all. You know, I, we don't- uh, my, my concern is that, you know, we're, we're running out of time. Um, we have landfills in Massachusetts that are going to be closing in 2030. There's a, a report that just came out this year that is going to force cities and towns to really think more carefully about what's in their solid waste stream, what's in our contaminated recycling stream. We need innovative uh, ideas about how we're going to manage um, tonnage and well, that, but that doesn't have to what that these are, we're talking about an enterprise fund we're still we're still doing everything to but, reduce our tonnage it's just we're talking about how to manage it financially manage it but we're also talking about how to strategically manage it and how to really start to build an enterprise mindset around solid waste and recycling and really develop some best practices and come up with a, a budget that um, similar to our water and sewer that, that really can look at indirect costs. You know, we have a lot of staff that are working on this. We have initiatives. We want to um, reflect some of the better practices uh, in solid waste and recycling. And this is a way to do that. We have a, a terrific committee that of, of volunteers that are working on initiatives that will be part of some of the strategic uh, activities um, you know that this enterprise fund will support, and and we can we can start uh, to develop you know this type of strategic um, you know focus, and I think it will serve Swampskit extraordinarily well, uh, both in the short term, but especially in the long term. I I'm not opposed to an enterprise fund. I'm just wondering about the timing. I mean, is it do we have any accounting right now for what we think is the, this is enterprise the best time to do it? I, we, I've talked to a number of of uh, both KP law and attorneys, get it set up as a housekeeping item, put it in place um, before you start your, your annual budget so that you know that that is um, a budget that you will build and, and we'll come back at the annual town meeting with the budget and we can have that careful conversation with the finance committee and ultimately town meeting about what type of 
programs we're going to um, launch in, in FY23 as part of this new uh, revolving or um, new fund. But I'm just asking a slightly different question. I was wondering whether or not we have the, have we been, I mean, you must be tracking what's been going on internally, the revenues and the expenditures. Do we have that, that we can see that so we can compare that with how then when we create the enterprise fund, it changed from how it was inside the general fund versus what's happening to it inside the enterprise fund. I mean, I guess that would be my interest to just understand that because um, especially with all the new initiatives, I guess I'm just wondering how many more, how many new, and maybe it's appropriate, but how many new fees are going to be basically created to do whatever? No. So I'm this just, is, so, yeah, so, so, so the, the, the short answer is not really, Cinder, but this is where I think the enterprise fund creates that transparency. Right now, the taxpayer, when they look at their fiscal year 23, 24, 25 budget, are not going to have a clue of how much of the revenue that they paid, and some may say overpaid, um, for overthrow bags is being used to offset the solid waste cost. By doing this, there's now going to be a direct line in the budget that a town meeting member or resident will be able to see. This is what the town collected in revenue because it went to a specific line item, not to a general fund. And this is what went to then offset increased solid waste costs. So we actually have greater accountability so that we're not doing initiatives at the expense of not dealing with cost overruns or increase disproportionate increases with our solid waste budget. This tool actually gives us that transparency and protects against a lot of things I think that people would be concerned about. Uh, and at the same time, lets us do it because I think we can comp we feel good about the fact that we, we can put some money towards making sure we don't have disproportionate increases in solid waste. But at the same time, to Sean's point, we can start seeing what we can afford to invest in other initiatives because we've got to start doing that even in small ways if we're ever going to get to where the goals are. So uh, can I just ask another question? So uh, are, is the, do you assume that the new programs that are going to um, make it so that a, a, a trash fee is necessary at some point here? Is that what no, this is? You mean, uh, you mean unnecessary? No, that a trash fee will be necessary once we institute new programs and no, I, I think that the, you know, again, so I, I I'm think- just wonder, people, I'm just wondering if that's- No, 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 fair, fair enough. I think the, the overthrow bag fee was calculated based on trying to not eliminate increases in solid waste, but to eliminate the disproportionate increases in solid waste cost. Above and beyond that, these dollars can be available to do things like, for example, a mat mattress recycling program, which the town is now doing. If the town decided that, hey, in order to do a mattress recycling program, which takes a lot of heft out of our tonnage, it's, it's, let's just say it costs $50 for a mattress. And we say, you know what, that's just too much. We, we want to subsidize that because we want to incentivize people because we know if we charge them $50, they're not going to do it. It allows us to make the decision and to subsidize, right? It allows us to make these decisions, but these are all conversations that are done in a very transparent way because any program that's funded through the enterprise fund goes through this process, right? As opposed to now, it's all just being grouped together and no one sees dollars in, dollars out on anything because it's all flowing through the general fund. Okay, so here's a, just a one last follow-up question. So right now, any ex well, there is no excess. The bag revenue goes to the bottom line, though, and then we subsidize. But then yeah. we subsidize it in the general fund. Well, if there's bag revenue, still going to subsidize it, but the bag revenue stays in the enterprise fund. Is that? I mean, our money's going to no, get trapped would, inside the enterprise no, fund. No, so so I and think we still what, subsidize it. 
what, what is being contemplated, Cinder, is that there a set of guidelines do get ultimately created between now and the time that it actually is funded in next year's budget, and for the town staff to make a recommendation to us to be able to say, look it, we think the first dollars out of the enterprise should be used to offset increases in solid waste above X percent increase per year, you know, whatever it is. After that, then we can have another set of standards as to then what do we use that money on? Is there a reserve that we want to keep there above a reserve? Is then can we spend money on certain initiatives? So I think just like we have guidelines on other things, I think there's every ability here to do the same thing here. We're just suggesting creating it now because administratively and budget-wise, it creates greater clarity for Amy and financial team. While we all you know, work on the details and see the staff's proposal through their fiscal year 23 budget, and then we all collectively, like we did on other guidelines, can work on you know, determining, you know, do we want reserves? What's the right um, threshold amount of cost increases that we want to protect against them, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and do it in a really transparent way because it will be right before all of us in town meeting every single year. Thanks. I, I don't I don't see there's any reason why we can't be transparent on when things are going into a general fund. I mean, that's that's just a conversation. That's just clarity. We, we know we see as the finance committee, we see that what the revenue numbers are for every single item, you know, uh, what do you call it? So, uh, excise yeah. on the cars, you know, yeah, every so single item is listed out there. Yeah, let me, let me give you an example. If I was to tell you that we charge one third of what the market charges for boat storage, would you think that was a good thing? Or would you think that you were bothered by the fact that we are charging 30 cents in the dollar what everybody else charges for boat storage? But well, actually we that's, that's, that's a question that's gonna, that I wanna ask later on. I have no but, idea but, why we're in the business of boat storage. So, well, but, but, that, but, but, we, but we are, but the reason in how many years you've been on the finance committee and I've been on the select board and Jill's been involved with things that we've talked about it, we don't talk about it because it all flows through local receipts and we don't have that accountability. We don't have that conversation about these types of policy things because it is opaque. And while we're all focused on it now, this may be the last time we're focused on it because we haven't talked about boat storage ever, right? And so, so just to say there's no reason we can't do it, doesn't, it's not the same thing as saying we're going to do it. And solid waste is something that I think keeping the, the spotlight on solid waste right now is a really great thing for this town because it's going to keep the accountability both environmentally and financially and find that balance for this town. Can I chime in here? I just think, uh, with all due respect, I don't think there's anything transparent about what goes through the general fund. And that's not by design. It's just nobody's looking at munis other than... I don't even look at it as much as you do, Mary Ellen. You look at it all the time. The I average person, the average person who's sitting, who, I have friends who, I mean, probably the number one thing people complain to me about is the, you know, the lack of ability to throw out more trash and that it, they have to pay an overfee for for an extra bag. And I have no, I can't explain. I I know the general program and I understand why we did it. I know it's been successful in reducing the amount of waste, but the costs still keep going up. I think this is a great idea. I think to have it separated out so everybody can see it if they care is great. Do we have a and final policy? The, and I would move the question. Do we have a do we have a final policy though for this actual fund? Is there like a framework? No. We 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 are asking town staff to come back in the context of the fiscal year 23 budget recommendation with a framework for us all to consider simultaneously with their funding recommendation for fiscal year 23. Yeah, this doesn't Matt, this doesn't yet fund this. Uh, I guess I would just my concern would be just with a couple of neighboring towns that have funds, ultimately they do lead to trash fees. So my fear would be without a policy or framework in advance of the fund being set up, that that ultimately could be the you know the the result of this or the conclusion. But 
but Matt, this is not this. If if the select board decided tomorrow to implement a trash fee, the select board could do it. The enterprise fund is is disassociated with that. The the enterprise fund has nothing to do with whether the select board would do that. I'm going to argue and say that we already did it. Right, the, the overthrow bag is effectively a trash fee, and you know we had a lot of debate and discussion about it. And if we wanted to do another one, which there's absolutely zero conversation about, let's be clear. I'm just using it for the conversation. Select board could meet tomorrow and 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 pass that fee. That's that's our authorization. So I, I hear your point, and I think we trust. And there's been a lot of conversation. Let's be clear. Sean wasn't initially like championing this because Sean wanted to, exactly what you're talking about, Matt. But through a lot of conversations, Sean's like, okay, that makes sense. It makes it easier for Amy and the budget team to really work on, on a singular budget here. And at the same time, what Sean wanted to do was the ability to have him and his finance team come back to us in the context of the fiscal year 23 budget with his recommendation of both guidelines and funding um, for that. And, and that's how we got comfortable. You're, you're, I understand your points, but I just want to disconnect it from this idea that this is a slippery slope that we're heading. I, I want to be clear too. No, I, I am not, I have no, uh, contemplation of a trash fee for Swampskit. What I have is a vision for Swampskit to do something innovative, something that the region can really think carefully about, about how we manage, um, you know, um, organic waste in our solid waste stream. How do, how do we incentivize better behavior? How do we educate the community? How, how can we get more um, contamination out of our, our recycling stream and get more uh, materials to an aftermarket. And so there's a lot of really uh, important conversations that we have to have, but I, I, I think we made a dramatic change last year with our solid waste. Uh, I'm not looking to make uh, any more significant change. This is more strategic. Let's, let's be the community that thinks uh, down the road. Um, we're seeing major pressure from DEP they're going to close the landfills in Massachusetts. That's going to drive the tonnage and the tipping fees in our solid waste market. And, and we, want to, we want to figure out how Swampskit and this region can, can help better manage that environmental and fiscal responsibility. Your support for this will help us um, do some extraordinary things. Yeah, I mean, I recognize the, the strength of the solid waste committee, and I definitely support the spirit of, you know, being more, uh, efficient and conservative with waste and all that stuff. I guess just my, I mean, how, what kind of a budget are you looking to establish? I mean, how much money ultimately would you, would you want to try and put into the fund? Just so, so Matt, it's just going to be funded by revenues from these, from, from these dedicated sources, right? So that, that's the, the, that revenue will be appropriated into the enterprise that, that will go into the enterprise fund. Then the question is, how do we then appropriate out of the fund, right? What are we using it for? And those are the guidelines that we'll talk about, which is how much do we want first to deal with cost, you know, disproportionate budget increases, but how much do we want as a reserve in this enterprise fund, just like we have retained earnings in water and sewer, et cetera. Do we want to have a reserve before we start spending money on, you know, a, a composting initiative or another recycling initiative or some other initiatives? So that's, that's the conversation. We, we feel like we've got to hear town staff recommendation first as, as the scholars, if you will, and the professionals in it to give us kind of their first right. pass at it. But then for us all in the context of looking at what appropriations they're going to recommend for fiscal year 23, have that guidelines at the same time. My guess is we don't have enough money right now for fiscal year 23 that we're going to be appropriating much for many new initiatives because we've got to deal with cost overruns and we have no reserves. And I'm guessing everybody's going to agree that having a reserve is a smart idea. Okay.
I, look, I'm going to make a motion to I'm going to make a motion that we approve this because we can always in May we don't have to vote to fund it. We're setting up the we're setting up the we're making it so that Amy can do her job Thank and you. budget it appropriately. And if in May we decide we've changed our mind, it's a terrible idea. We don't have to fund it. That's second. my argument. I'll second. Thank you. Seconded, Gail. Aye. Cinder. Aye. Matt. Aye. Mary Ellen. Uh, without guidelines set up, I'm voting no. Joan. I'm an aye. And I'm an aye as well. Okay, I think that's all of the financial articles. I would like to um, take a couple minutes to figure out who's gonna speak to what, perhaps right now at special town meeting. Um, Again, our articles are uh, one through eight. And uh, um, as I said in one of my agenda setting notes, um, I believe the plan of the moderator is to pull seven, six and seven together into one motion, just so you know. Um, so does, does anyone have any strong desire to, uh, you know, to speak on any particular Article. What is six and seven again? Is that six and um, seven are the water and sewer retained earnings? The Please. moderator was in the chat and confirmed that he will be taking those together. So those are the retained earnings, use of retained earnings from water and sewer to slow the growth of the rates. So I'll volunteer to take that. You're going to take that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gail, Gail, you didn't jump in there. Well, I'm sure. sorry, Gail. Did you want that? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. I don't want to. She always, take she always just, she likes that where it's we talk offset. About offset the growth in rates now. Uh, all right, Mariana, six and seven. Does anybody want to do any? I mean, um, one, one, Eric, Eric. You want one? <laughs> he was very clear that he wanted that one. <laughs> That's what I heard. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm obviously willing and able to do whatever ones you want, but I'd, I'd like you know people to have an opportunity if they'd like to present. So, but do you want to be the one that tells people that the tax rate's not going up much because of us? So no, it's past, in the past. These short town meetings with a few articles have usually been handled by the chair. I don't. I don't. I'm not no. saying that to make you do it. I just think. No, you, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just like either. to make sure people have the opportunity if yeah. they'd like to. I agree. I think it's kind of silly to have us just kind of switch off with. Okay. I mean, it's, right. just, it's a regular town meeting. We have sort as, of expertise. Chair, you can assign things. these to your members too. You know. Okay. All right. I will. Uh, I guess I, I'll do, unless anyone yells, I'll do everything other than six and seven, then Mary Ellen, you can do six and seven. Either okay. Or I can do it all. It's up to you. It's up to you. Nope. Um, all right. Um, next on the agenda, I think, is just uh, committee updates, if any. Um, I'll start with that. Um, I did send around the public documents that uh, came out of the public meeting the school committee had on its initial meeting on the budget for FY23. Um, so you can all, basically the meeting was going through that. I think there's a couple of points I wanted to highlight for you. 
and just make sure you're aware of, and that is as the school is preparing its FY23 budget, it is assuming that the town contribution to that budget will increase by 2.88% is what they're assuming for purposes of developing the budget, which is in line with our financial guidelines or the town's overall financial guidelines. Um, the second is that there, there's been a, a little bit of good news, I guess, around the circuit breakers and the, and the amount they are getting from the circuit breaker for this coming year is a little bit more than expected. They said the key takeaway there was just that there's greater budget certainty compared to where they were last year with respect to the circuit breaker. So you can look at those numbers in the slide. And then there was some discussion I wanted to make you aware of, and it, it wasn't overly certain, but it, it suggested that they're having discussions, I think it's in one of the slides, about the pros and cons of the creation of a standalone facilities department. Um, so, you know, uh, Sean, I don't know if you feel like weighing in on that at all or describing that, but I, I just wanted to flag it for people that there was a, a little bit of uncertainty around there was sort of this theoretic, this sort of theoretical desire, I guess, to recognize that, like, there's benefit in having a standalone facilities department that makes its decisions around what needs maintenance, sort of independent of what the school budget needs are year to year. Like, there's good, there's good in that, but then there's also, you know, for that, you know, for the school and the school committee. There would be some less control, presumably, if you if you're not. Yeah, that control is always a, an issue. You know, right. it's hard to you know have to seek consensus on on things. Right. I might have a different idea about you know what what should be a capital or a operating expenditure. I you know I'm happy to have conversations with the superintendent about some of these things. So those were the things I wanted to highlight from that meeting, but again, the slides are um, Tim, I, Tim, I have a quick question. The 2.88 assumption, uh, Sean, did they discuss that with you, um, that assumption? And has there been a, a conversation about what should be included in that 2.88? Yeah, they did. You know, generally, you know, that was the, the budget guideline. Um, and I did share that with Martha. Um, you know, but I, I always think, you know, uh, again, you know, we may have to have tighter conversations as we get to the budget, you know, it, it's a, it's a budget development guideline. You know, when we, when we gave a guideline for, uh, the town department heads, I asked for each department head to give me a, um, <clears throat> level funded budget, uh, best case, you know, program, programmatic budget, but also a 10% reduction. Uh, budget. So I wanted to see three different versions so that I could, you know, sit and, and press conversations about, you know, geez, what if we did have to deal with a significant reduction? How would we restructure uh, in order to save uh, positions or to save programs? It, it gives us the ability to kind of challenge each department. And, you know, I don't get that same insight into the school department <laughs> development. I just get, you know, what's our number? And I, Right. Uh, basically, I pivoted off the two percent historic conservative position. The the town historically funded that school budget at over three and a half percent, you know, for years. Now we're we're back to two percent plus new growth. You know, still at two point three percent. You know, and if you add 
mid-year uh, appropriations, it's even better. So, you know, well, it's at two eight. It's at two eight eight. But if you, you know, if they're asking for free cash in the middle of the year, it gets higher. You know, because right. you're building structural costs, you know, within the budget. So. Right. All right, and Tim, is, was there a conversation? What's happening with their capital budget? Like, what's happening with the windows at the middle school and things like that? Where, where do was there a conversation about that? There wasn't, no. And when will that conversation start, or how how are we going to go about those conversations? Uh, uh, presumably, as part of the capital process, I guess. If that's if you're asking about capital investments. Well, I'm asking about what the school is doing for their capital requests and you're saying it didn't come up yeah okay well they're due in january sean or february capital request january uh we've asked for those um i think we asked for those patrick was it uh in october they're they were due 11 19. 11 19. Just happens to be sitting here next to my Munis report, Jill. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I do not have those reports on my desk. I just cleaned it. <laughs> Are there any other committee reports at all? Any uh, ARPA subcommittees or anything like that? Working groups or whatever? <laughs> Last but not least is uh, new and old business. Any new and old business? No, but I do want to point out, I said that um, I read something where Patrick had put 40,000 on the side. So Patrick, on your your November 19th memo, um, it on your November 19th memo, it does have here your forecasted free cash requirements. Uh, you do list the 40,000 to be used out of free cash to fund the redesign of Windsor Park. I just want to make sure people know that I wasn't kooky. Well, it's also in the uh, select board presentation from our joint meeting. So it was there. Apologies. Oh, no, you, you're a homeowner now. <laughs> you're not going to be remembering everything. Of all of the non sequiturs. That was a good um, <laughs> Well, I guess hey, Tim, I, motion yes. to adjourn. Yes, yeah, so last thing before I accept that motion or, or put that to vote. Um, That's not debatable. <laughs> oh, shoot. The Patriots well, just, are playing. Well, just quickly, do we it's any, zero. Reason, yeah. any reason people want to meet before the special town meeting? I don't think there's a need to. But, we but, do uh, customarily, we'll post that, you know, just uh, in the event, you know, okay. we'll post Patrick. the select board and, and finance committee in the event that there's something that comes up. All right, Patrick, could you help us with that? Appreciate it. Okay, uh, Jill, what was that motion? Adjourn. Second. Aye. Aye. Gail's an aye. Eric? Aye. Cinder? Aye. Matt? Aye. Mary Ellen? Aye. Jones seconded. I'm an aye. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Trang. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, everybody. Hi, guys. Right, go Pats. <laughs>